Again, welcome this morning as you are with us this morning to worship. Turn with us back into Scripture to Ephesians chapter 4. We have been, um, we have been talking about the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to deal with the latter part of those verses that um, we did not get to address uh, last Lord's Day. And so join with me as we turn in Scripture to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Hear then the word of God concerning the body of Christ, the church. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. And may God then add His blessing to the reading of His holy and precious Word of God. So what do you think of the church? What do you think of church in general? I hope that uh, the principles of your life are not guided by, by cultural notions of what church is. I don't find that the view of the culture in the world very favorable toward the church especially toward the institutional church, toward the church visible in general. Uh, you have to be careful in that principle to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, the church does have weaknesses. Uh, many do. Um, someone said, Lonnie, if you find the perfect church, don't go to it, you'll ruin it. <laughs> and, and I agree. <laughs> uh, so we need to be careful where do our principles come from with regard to our understanding of church. And uh, it has to come from Scripture. 
And that is uh, our only rule of faith and practice for the church. So our understanding of the church uh, must not be dictated to us by the world, but must be dictated to us by the Holy Spirit leading us in the Word of God as to who the church is and what the church is. And we've been talking about that. Um, I've heard many say in my day that uh, they are Christians and that they love the Lord, but they have no time for the church. And uh, they operate on a certain independence from Christ's church. And uh, what I, I have some difficulty with that. Because I don't see how you can say you are Christ and not understand that it is into His church that you have been called as His bride. There is a disconnect in the spiritual thinking of many in the world today between what it means to be a part of Christ's church. And I find that for the most part there is a very low view of the visible church at the present time. I'll tell you this, if you have a low view of the visible church, you also have a low view of Jesus Christ Himself as the head of the church. Can I proclaim that to you? I think a person may say they love the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and they're trusting in Him alone for salvation as offered in the Gospel. I would not doubt that profession of faith in anyone's life. But if I see that that person professes Christ with such intensity, but has no place for the bride of Christ in their lives, I think there is something deficient about their understanding of Scripture and of what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian, truly, is not only to be bound in Christ and in union with Him, but also, my dear friends, it means to be that we are in union with His people. Directly and specifically. Visibly. I will not doubt that someone who says that they are a Christian and has no time for the visible church, I won't say that they're not a Christian. But again, I'll repeat to you, I don't see how it can be possible. I don't understand that contradiction in thinking. But pastor, there are so many differences in churches, we just don't uh, participate in any church. Well, dear friends, uh, aren't you called in Christ to work out your salvation with fear and trembling? Don't you know that uh, many of the places that are called places of worship and true churches are really not true churches and so, therefore, you have a responsibility as one of the members of Christ's church to do what? To seek out the purity and the marks of the church and find out where God wants you to be to serve Him. What I discovered about those who declare their independence from Christ's church is that they usually end up being able to do very little in terms of the blessings of the things of God. Why? Because God has promised to bless His blessing by ordinary means through His church and through His people. I cannot serve God faithfully and fully unless I am joined to His people who are faithfully 
gathering together in His name and worshiping Him and seeking to be a body of believers. I think it is a time in which we need to rethink the church and we need to rebuild the church on the principles of Jesus Christ. I think we need to defy those notions that the world is trying to proclaim to us that you can be a fine, upstanding Christian but just not have anything to do with the church. Nothing. Visibly. I find, again, great difficulty with that. In this passage, um, we start out with looking at the unity of the church, and we talked about that last week. One faith, one Lord, one Spirit, that we are bound in Christ. It's quite interesting, the different images and expressions that are given to the church, that we are called the body of Christ. I like that connection. Christ is the head. We are the body. I like the connection. Remember that the connection always of the body is what? To the head. He is the center and focus of the church. And what the unity of the church is, is our union with Christ. We are one with Him. I look at Ephesians and I don't know how many times it says that we're in Christ. But it's like seven or eight times if you look uh, in Ephesians. In Him you have been called. Uh, in Him you are a body of believers. We are bound in Christ as one body. And it always seems to be in the images. If we are the bride, who is the bridegroom? <laughs> our, our Lord. If we are called a royal priesthood, who is our high priest? Jesus Himself. And my dear friends, if we are called a, a building of God, uh, who is who is the builder of that building? Who who is the chief cornerstone? Jesus Christ, our Lord. If we're called sheep as the church, what is it but that He is called shepherd of the sheep? My dear friends, that union with Christ uh, cannot be denied. I think the person who divorces themselves from the visible church and the Lord's people uh, suffer spiritually. Because, my dear friends, I have found my greatest joy among the people of God gathered for worship and prayer and study of His Word and being the body of Christ. My soul seems to be enriched more and more, not because of anything in me, but because of the Lord's work in His body. And it is rich and it's full and it's wonderful. And that's what Christ meant for His church to be. It's to be that place where we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and we grow up in Him. And a part of that growing up in Him in this passage is what? The, the goal, the result is maturity. That we might grow up in Christ together as each part supplies that gift that God has given them to employ where? Well, I've divorced myself from the church. I have the gift of self-edification. <laughs> No, no, you don't. No, you don't. You've been given gifts from the Lord Himself in the life of His church for the purpose of building up His church, for the purpose of being together visibly. Sometimes I say that the church is almost invisible. <laughs> At times, it really shows on Wednesday night prayer meeting. <laughs> it's almost invisible. <laughs> And that's a spiritual problem with the church in general. I've heard it over and over again. 
I'm so sorry for the small view that people have of the church today. It's very sad that we've almost scrubbed to the ideas of the world rather than living according to His Word as the body of Christ. The unity of the church is expressed in the work of the Lord Himself. And the Lord Himself is the Lord of His church. He is the head of the body. And what I love about Christ in our unity of being called out of darkness into His marvelous light. Why? In order to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Don't you know the purpose of the Lord calling you is to proclaim His excellencies. For you to witness to the fact that once you were in darkness and in sin, but look what the Lord has done in your life. Look how He has led in you. And look how, where did He lead? Did the Lord save you? Apart from His people? Never. Never. But once we are called, we are called in the true nature of the church uh, toward the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, and that's essential for the church. And this other fellow who's divorced himself from the church said, I baptized myself. Oh, you did? You baptized yourself? Well, I I struggle with that a little bit. We don't baptize ourselves. We're called into a body in the name of Christ who has saved us from our sin, who gave Himself to us. And immediately, in the sacrament of baptism, we identify with the visible church. That He is ours and we are His. We declare that before the world in the presence of God's people. We partake of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Together. Well, you see, the Lord's Supper, I have my own little communion set at home. It has a little jar of the juice. It has a little wafer in it. And I have one communion cup. I commune with myself. Oh, you do? I hope so. No, when we partake of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, we take of it collectively. As his people. We come together as the church visible. And we set the table as Christ commanded. And we partake at his table together. For it is an expression not only of our union with Christ. And that we're trusting in him alone for salvation as offered in the gospel. But in that same declaration at the sacrament of the Lord's table. We declare our commitment to Christ to his body. To one another, we declare to the Lord, Lord, by your grace, I am using the gifts that you have given me in your church for the upbuilding of your body here. You're declaring that? You're declaring that you love the Lord and that you love His people and you love His church and you're employing the gifts that God has given you to His church. You are when you come to the Lord's table. Is that your understanding? I hope that it is. Because I tell you what, like most, they've belittled the church today. They've minimized it to where I'm responsible to Christ, but I'm certainly not responsible to the body of Christ. That independence is dangerous and carries with it spiritual consequences. And I encourage you, to take a good look at Christ's commands. Look carefully at the results of His work in your life. 
I love that in that unity, we talked about the diversity. Um, it says in the passage here that it is God who gave gifts. In the unity of the body, he accomplishes his purpose through the diversity of God's people. He gives gifts. He gives gifts to his people, just as he has seen fit, as, as it states here. But, but by his grace, he's administered grace. To each one, just as he is proportioned. And I, I, I looked at that and, and I saw two things. First of all, that the church of Jesus Christ uh, is, is an organism designed and blessed by God himself in which he has promised to be present among God's people. And in an ordinary way, he has promised to work in and among his church and his people collectively. And that He has given gifts to each one. Uh, he has proportioned out. He's apportioned out His gifts as He is victorious, sitting at the right hand of God. Psalm 68. As He has led captive, captive, and He's given gifts to men, our Lord is now victorious, sitting at the right hand of the Father, overseeing His church at the right hand of the Father. And he has given, he has given gifts to all. So if you regard yourself as a member of the body of Christ, remember that he has given you a gift. Some of you he's given more than one. And scriptures are very clear about the nature and the variety of those gifts. And, and they're all given and the nature of those gifts are filled with the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, it seems like that those gifts are apportioned according to those gifts. And it seems as though the Holy Spirit ministers Christ in the life of the church and moves them toward each other. And those gifts are not given to edify simply ourselves, but those gifts are being given so that we might be equipped for service in the life of the church and that we might also edify the body of Christ with the gifts that God has given you. As a matter of fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, that those gifts that he's given some more of the unseemly members, that is, not so much all the visible members of the body that, that are so outstanding, uh, he even declares to the Corinthians that those gifts that God has given some of the quieter members of the body are more important. It's quite interesting. Miss Penny was a Sunday school teacher, and she was quite a lady. And she taught us little guys in the housing projects. Now, you've got to remember, Miss Penny might be a mild-mannered lady, but she ruled with a hand of iron. And she knew how to handle those little rascals from the, from the projects. And she would teach Sunday school every Sunday to us. As rowdy as we were, she would teach us every Sunday. And she loved us in Christ. And I don't know how to describe you. Did many know Miss Penny? No. Probably not a lot of people who knew Miss Penny. But I tell you what, the Lord gave her a gift. She used it in the life of the church to the fullest. So the world might not remember Miss Penny, but I know I do. But I tell you who more importantly remembers Miss Penny. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of His church. For she served 
Without seeking recognition, she served her Lord. She employed the gift that God gave her for the sake of the body and for the likes of little rascals. And I do mean literally. Isn't that amazing that there will be those who would make that kind of sacrifice? And God gives diverse gifts in the life of His church. There are different places in Scripture. Romans 12 is one that shows you kind of a list of the gifts. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, shows you uh, somewhat a list of, of those gifts. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 gives uh, a sense of those gifts and of where we are here in Ephesians gives a list of those gifts. And the list of the gifts, they seem to sometimes overlap. Sometimes they number. As I counted them, I counted at least nine or ten. Do I think that that's exhaustive of the gifts that God gives His people? No, I don't. I think the gifts are more than that. But they're diverse. And they're important all for the body of Christ. And those gifts then are given to be used for the purpose of bringing forth glory to the Lord Himself in His body. It is used, therefore, to uh, prepare them for the work of service. And it is given to them for the fact that they are to edify the body with those gifts. If you look um, at the gifts expressed in Ephesians 4, and He gave, He gave, the Lord is the giver of these gifts. You see the... Um, The church is not a corporation. The church is not a business. Uh, The church is not a social organization. The church of Jesus Christ is the creation of God. And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. Well, there are four categories there. He gave the apostles and the apostles are the foundation of of description in the church and he wants you to know that from the beginning to the end uh, for all the gifts of the church and the establishment of the church on the earth God provided from beginning to end and he gave the apostles and the early church did what? They continued in the teaching of the apostles and so the apostles were given as gifts and the Lord wants you to know that he, he gave those gifts to the apostles for the purpose of the establishment of His church. And the apostles, at the heart of the apostleship is, is the teaching of, of, of Christ and the gospel. And the apostles had that intent and that purpose. He gave the prophets, and the prophets were set in stage from Moses down through the prophets uh, to the time of the Lord. And the prophets were given by our Lord in order to Unify. Does it ever amaze you the unity of Scripture as you read it from Genesis to the book of Revelation? I'm, I'm always amazed at the unity of Scripture, how the Lord has revealed Himself. Well, He's revealed Himself through the gifts and the prophets of old wrote. Why, how? Under inspiration of the Spirit concerning the things that God desired for us to know. And there is Scripture and given by the prophets. And so He gave, he gave apostles and He gave prophets, and he gave evangelists. Have you ever met a gifted evangelist? I've met several in my lifetime, and I'm amazed at the gift they have. I had to come away from it and say, no, you're not, you're not just a preacher, but you're an evangelist. Because uh, there are those whom God gifts to preach the gospel in such a way, in such a simple 
foundational and clear way uh, that, that they're very receptive. I think Billy Graham is an example of uh, evangelism. Uh, powerful. Were you always amazed at how when, when he preached that it, it was just pretty amazing? It was pretty amazing. Uh, and God gives gifts to his people and evangelists is one of those. And then, of course, uh, pastors and teachers. I think the two uh, are kind of together, pastors and teachers. Pastors are, are given to shepherd, to care, to teach, preach. And so they are, they are called, therefore, teaching elders. They shepherd the flock of God. And so it is, these gifts are, are given. But why are they given? They're not given as something to be taken pride of in and of themselves. God, when he gives gifts to all of his children in one fashion or another, he gives them for a purpose. And he says this, he says, uh, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. So the result of the gifts that God gives His church is that they are to be employed in relationship to each other. And as each one participates, uh, it creates this design where more and more we become equipped to do the work of service. We find that same thing in 2 Timothy 3.15 where it says that the Word of God is of God and it's been given to us for what purpose? To, to equip the saints for the work of service. There's a notion oftentimes, uh, well, we're, we're a church and we are the people of God in the pew and, um, and we are called laity and uh, these elders and deacons are called officers of the church. They do the work of the church. And you know that's a Roman Catholic view. Roman Catholic view is that uh, you all just remain docile, remain passive, because uh, let let those who know what they're doing do the job. I wonder sometime about my knowing what. <laughs> but I, I, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I say this to you that we are not called to be a church that's docile. And submissive in thinking that only a trained cleric or a trained person can do the work. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't serve the Lord. You know, man. You know, the elders of the church, the deacons. You know, man. They do such. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. No, no, my dear friends. Don't you know that you are the ones called to do the work of the Lord? You are the ones called to work of the Lord. I had a little saying from 1960. And it was from one of the, um, uh, from the see of the Pope. And this is what was written in 1960 and passed to the churches. Clergy are not hyphenated to the laity as if they were a separate class. They are ministers of the people because they themselves belong to the people and they are called to serve. The people themselves are to remain docile and submissive to the church and the leaders of the church who have been ordained, leave it to them, and they will lead you into eternal life. My dear friends, I don't know about you, but I struggle with that statement about the nature of the church. Listen, the Lord has not called you to be docile. 
He's not called you to be passive. He has called you to be His child within the context of the body of Christ and serve Him accordingly. Amen? Amen. And not only that, most of the edification does not come uh, oftentimes from uh, one place or the other in the body. The edification, you have been called in the body of Christ to edify the body with the use of your gift in the body. And as you use that gift in the body, it's not only used for evangelistic purposes, it is not only used to build you up for the work of service, but that very gift as you employ it in the body edifies the body. And the Lord said that's the means He uses as you edify one another in the Lord. You point each other toward the Lord. You pray for each other in the Lord. You lift up each other in the Lord. And you work for each other for Christ's sake to the building up of the body. And the body begins to grow. My dear friends, have you ever watched a body grow? Have you watched? I think we've seen that recently a little bit. We watched a body grow just a little bit. And aren't you thankful for the gifts that God brings along with those who love Him? Amen. Oh, my dear friends, the church, the church is His people. And the church functions and it works for the Lord's sake together to, to a mature man till we grow up. Lonnie, you need to grow up. And the only way that you're going to be able to spiritually grow up is to be a part of His people under the Lordship of Christ. Amen. Lonnie's got a long way to go. You pray for him. But I so much thank you for being the body of Christ. Oh my. Oh my. I thank you for being the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for your work among your people. It amazes us that which you have given your children to serve you and to edify us and glorify you. Lord, I've never ceased to be amazed at the gifts that you've given each one in the body of Christ. May there be no Christian Lord here today who says, I have no gift from the Lord. Oh, oh Lord, yes they do. And press it upon their heart that their presence in the body of Christ visible is extremely important. Lord, bless those who are serving now to the best of their knowledge. Lord, with Your help and by Your grace, they are serving the best they know how. Empower them, strengthen them to do the work that You've called them to do. Lord, when we come on the other side of these things, may we look back and see Your glory in the church. Father, help us if we're here and we are not bound to to Christ and His church visible. Lord, grant them grace to find a church that is Christ-centered and biblical and reformed. And Lord, be with them and grant them a, a church fellowship that is precious and that is wonderful in its worship and work. Lord, thank You. Thank You for such churches as that these days. Help us, therefore, Lord, to know the difference. For, for we live in difficult days, Lord. Not all buildings with stained glass windows and crosses are churches of Christ. We pray that You would grant us grace to know the difference. Guide us by Your Word and by Your Spirit. Edify and build up Your people for Christ's sake. And we long, Lord, for the wedding banquet to occur. We long for that time, Lord, when we 
your redeemed people, your church, shall be by your side as your bride. Lord, thank you for that mighty work. And in that love, we express our love for you today in this worship. Lord, keep us in your care, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.